Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast. This is episode number 258, I think. Uh, I just went from memory, so hey, who knows? Uh, I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're going to talk football for the next 120 minutes. I got three guys on the panel, and uh, we're going to get right at it, because you know what? I really got nothing to bitch about. Uh, every Everything seems to be doing fine. I mean, hey, the BC Lions are on a bye week. I really got nothing to care about. So let's open up some microphones and see what's going on. We got Chris up there in Grand Prairie. No, where is that? Yeah, you're in Grand Prairie. Yep. How yep, you doing, buddy? Grand Prairie. Good, good. It was a decent day for me, so uh, looking forward to talking about football. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I missed, that's what... I missed on Sunday because my mom came to visit, so well, spent the evening with my mother. Yeah, don't make me feel bad. I need to go spend some time with my mother. <laughs> yeah. The whole people should do this more often. Go spend time with your parents. That way then it was good you know, anyhow uh gonna open up some another mic here we got will will come on on board here oh come on come on block there we go will's in hello hey buddy oh, i'm fantastic i'm wonderful i get to watch football game tomorrow night live and in color Ooh. at a yeah. stadium and i hope really? it's not pissing down rain like they say it's gonna so but it doesn't matter it's football so. Got a seven o'clock Friday night game for me. Got to watch it on TV in Edmonton. Chris, you going oh, to the game? Going to go watch BC nope. destroy Edmonton? No. 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 Too okay. far to go anywhere. Okay. I just watch it on TV. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing I now. Would- I actually haven't planned my game this year. I usually know which one I'm going to, but uh, I'm not sure. I still got the eyes on going to the Great Cup, so I might take all my uh, travel money. You never know. That may just happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, my God. Uh, I've lost everything here. <clears throat> Blog Talk's doing weird shit to me again. I don't know what's going on. Mark, how you doing, buddy? Welcome to the show. Doing, doing well, doing well. Sorry I wasn't here last week either, but... Could have spent a couple hours talking about Shreveler all by myself. And that's kind of why you weren't on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've got a feeling he may come back down to earth a little bit this weekend, but who knows. Yeah, well, most most of the picks out there right now are taking Hamilton, so see what happens. Yep. That would be interesting. I can't say as I, I I would have any problems. Yeah, I guess not. Is Manziel a trade possibility? Oh, my God. I guess we're going to talk about those who things cares? later. Yeah, who <laughs> cares? Exactly. Oh, just because Will said that, I have to do this. Yeah. Mike Pringle just joined our group, eh? 
That was pretty yeah. cool. Let's let's talk CFL. Yeah, he said that he um, living in the states, he doesn't get enough of his CFL fix. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, so let's uh, let's jump right in here and get some games happening here and uh, see what we can talk about. CFL, what we're made of. It's what we're made of. What do we got? We got Ottawa Red Blacks undefeated, heading to Calgary to play the Stampeders undefeated. This is the only undefeated matchup in the CFL. There will be only two teams that are undefeated after this game. Pretty special. Mark, how do you see this game going down? This game, I'm actually really interested to see how uh, Harris does. Because he was on fire his last game. But that being said, he is very inconsistent. So I'm really curious to see how he does, especially. Um, with Calgary, I'm expecting just their usual with their two new scat backs that they're using. I think you'll see a lot more running on Ottawa's defense, although their D-backs aren't the greatest. They do have some issues back there at times. Um, I think Calgary, especially at being in Calgary for their home opener, people always say, oh, you shouldn't be getting up more for your home opener than any other game. But, of course, you do. You always get up more for home games. So I'm going to take Calgary 27, Ottawa 22. 27-22 for Calgary. Okay, here's some interesting stats um, just before we get going. Charles picked this game as Calgary 35-31. Uh, back, Ottawa has not won in Alberta since rejoining the CFL in 2014. Stampeders defense leads the league in sacks, forced fumbles. And Calgary is 17-2 and at home since 2016. CFL. CA has picked the Stampeders with an 88% confidence rating. 88%. Okay. So far, Charles and Mark have taken Calgary. Chris, what's your take on this one, bro? Well, it's going to be a close game. Um, it always is with these two teams. Uh, Campbell just knows how to play Edmund, or play Calgary uh, really well. Uh, the ties usually seem to happen in Ottawa, and the wins seem to happen in Calgary, but usually the games are reversed. It usually starts in Ottawa and goes to Calgary. Um, I, I, I think that Calgary will win this one because it is at home, but it's going to be really close. Uh, I'm going to go 38 Calgary and 32 Ottawa. Okay. So you're Even if it's the- raining, I, I – yeah, even if it's raining, I think it's still going to be a shootout. I, I think Harris is is he's inconsistent, but I think it'll be I think it'll be a shootout. I think it'll be an offensive game, not a defensive game, and it'll just go down to the wire kind of thing. Whoever's got the ball last, but I'm hoping I'm betting on Calgary. Okay, William. You know, I was thinking about this game all week long, and. I thought to myself, yeah, it's going to be a close game. Ottawa-Calgary, it's always a close game. 
yada de yada de yada. But you know what? I think uh, Ottawa played Saskatchewan. I don't think Saskatchewan's that great. And they destroyed Saskatchewan. But Calgary is not Saskatchewan. So I don't even think this is going to be close. And my score is going to be, are you ready? Are you ready? You yeah. heard it here first. I am. I am. 42 to 12. Oh. <laughs> and that's for Ottawa? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, Christopher. 42 to 12. Huh. Interesting. 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 So you you don't think this is going to be close. So you just have no 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 confidence or no respect for the Ottawa Red Blacks at all, eh? Um, it has nothing to do with Ottawa. I I I think Calgary is so loaded this year. It's it's not going to be a close with a lot of teams this year. And that's me once again being a Calgary homer, but I really believe this this year. Because I've looked at some of these guys, I mean, I, I think Bo Levi is going to have trouble distributing the ball and keeping people happy because they're so they're so talented this year. And I know it's only one game or two games, but yeah, no, I, I I'm going to stick with the Eastern teams being shitty as always, and uh, leave it at that. Okay, well. I'm going to take a Calgary for victory because, hey, and only an idiot would pick Ottawa in reality. Um, but I'm going to pick them by – it's not – it's going to be closer than Will thinks, but still Calgary dominance. 32-18 is what I'm picking on this one. And, uh, yeah, I think that that's a pretty good bet, and uh, we'll see what happens. Will kind of walked away from us on the on the picks last week, and – God, I'd hate to see him do it again. Okay. Anybody else have anything else to say on this Calgary game? Okay, this is the game of the week. This is going to be it. Winnipeg and Hamilton. No, it's not. I'm just joking. Um, Interesting game. It's in Hamilton. The Winnipeg's going in. Winnipeg is, you know, coming off this ferocious win what 56 to 7 or something over Montreal but it was Montreal and we all know that and they lost their first game to Edmonton so is Winnipeg really that strong of a team this year we don't know their their young study quarterback is doing pretty good but I don't know I don't know Hamilton seems to be doing okay Mazzoli's the real deal didn't expect that out of him and uh, June Jones has really got this team clicking on all eight cylinders and I'm kind of happy about that that eastern teams are kind of picking up the pace we might not get a crossover this year that would be a cool thing um Chris Winnipeg Hamilton what the hell eh tough one yeah you know I I I, last week was all blowouts except for one I think this week will be fairly close except for one (laughs) um and we all know which one that is. But uh, my one trend I did find when I just went through and picked my picks was that I, I'm, I'm this weekend's definitely my home wins because push come to shove, I, I wrote it down. This was the one I struggled with the most. 
went back and forth, back and forth, and then I realized all the other picks I had were home wins. So I went back and went, you know what, I'm going to do an all-home victory this weekend. So I'm going to pick Hamilton based on that, and only that, really. And I already written down the score that I figured it would be 30-25, and we'll just make it so that Hamilton wins. <laughs> That's how close I, it was really just interchangeable, and I thought, you know what, Hamilton's home. I'm going to give him that advantage, and we'll go 30-25. It'll be a close game, too. Okay, uh, just FYI, Charles picked uh, the Ticats 28-24, and the CFL has picked the Ticats with a 60% confidence. And here's the skinny on that. Mazzoli is in the second year passings, doing an awesome job. Winnipeg rookie, gunslinger Chris Lever leads the league in passing touchdowns. Bombers are 14-5 to on the road, dating back to 2016. Ticats are five and thirteen at the home at home since the same year. Fairly tight, but more players are sticking with the Ticats in their home opener. Jeremiah Mazzoli inched closer to earning his elite label in last week's window. Oh God, really? No, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not buying this one. Come on, seriously? No, I can't do it. Okay, that's what we got on this one. So we got Chris Scar, Mark. Winnipeg, Hamilton, you going to be a homer? I, I, this game, I actually have been going back and forth. Um, I think it's going to be a real close game. It may him come down to a field goal at the end kind of deal. Uh, we still don't know about Strevler. Yeah, he orchestrated 588 yards worth of offense last week. It's been a long time since a bomber team orchestrated anything close to that. But this is a whole different ball game. Hamilton's got a much better secondary, and they have a stacked receiving core. I'm a little concerned about our defensive backs. I'm not really that worried about the offense. I'm really not. I think they're going to be fine. Um, I'm a little worried about the defense with our defensive backs. Uh, with Masoli and his running game, though, the way he runs around, the difference, I think, in, in that is Adam Bakehill. The defense does now have a monster linebacker in the middle. Mo Leggett is back this week because Gator got injured last week. So Leggett is back. So if anything, you've improved at the Sam linebacker spot. So... Linebacker-wise, defensive line-wise, I think we're fine. It's our secondary, the defensive backs, I'm a little worried about. But I'm still going to take Winnipeg, of course. But I am going to go 27-25. 27-25, so less than a field goal. I really think it's different. coming down to the last. Yeah, it's more money medlock. Yeah, you I notice I know. added that just for you, Christopher. I know you did. I know you did. Yeah. No, and I've I I been called that for a while. So. You know, and the only reason why that I find that comical is because it is comical. And if you actually have, if you actually believed it, you wouldn't harp on it so much. I think you're trying oh, to convince us it. more than you're. No, you're trying to convince no, us more than you're trying to convince, or trying to convince yourself more than you're trying to convince us. No, it's, it's not more, Everybody calls him money, so I call him no more money. As in, he wants more money. That's the only reason he's there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I got that. We got your score, 
27-25 for Winnipeg. Chris picked Hamilton. Charles has got Hamilton. William, what are you going to do here? Well, you know what? I And I've said it for two weeks. Jeremiah Mazzoli has impressed me. Oh, hey, he he looked great last week. Yeah. He looked great last week. And as, and as Chris mentioned on our first show, nobody in the CFL can run and throw the ball like like Jeremiah Mazzoli. No doubt about it. Great athlete. Run and shoot offense. Yeah, I think I think Winnipeg's team is better overall as a team, but I think Mazzoli is a better quarterback. But I I think this is just going to be an all-out score at will because Winnipeg's defense, regardless of who they have, they still let in so many points unless they play Montreal. And so I'm going to call this a close one, but I'm going to go with Winnipeg. And I'm going to go 38 to 32. 38 to 32. You're taking Winnipeg. Okay. Well, I've, I've looked at this one, and I've looked at it and looked at it, and I am not a fan of Jeremiah Mazzoli. I just never have been. I just never saw anything in him. But he is impressing the shit out of me lately. And it's kind of goes against the grain that would be like me trying to say that Bo Levi Mitchell impresses me uh it it I didn't never thought it would actually happen so um geez what am I going to do here I actually picked the Bombers to be one of the best teams in the CFL this year and then they lost their starting quarterback and this kid's come back in and he's Struble is doing so so well you really have to say Nichols who are you know is Matt Nichols even going to have a job Depends a great deal on this game, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm going to pick Hamilton on this one, and I'm going to take the Hamilton Ticats by a field goal, 31-28. Taking Ticats here. It's a tough one, man. That's a, it, it, that was a, a hard game to pick. And I'm sure that everybody had a hard time picking except for Mark. Well, I bounced around on it. Yeah, the the, the you're Friday lying. hell. You're lying. Yeah. You didn't bounce around. You you may be concerned. You might even be scared, but you're never going to pick Han- Hamilton to beat the Bombers. <laughs> Come on, seriously? No, it's not very gonna true. Happen. Very true. I mean, you got to think about it this way. Edmonton beat Winnipeg. Hamilton beat Edmonton. Now, Hamilton plays Winnipeg. Logic mm-hmm. says that Hamilton should destroy Winnipeg. Logic says. Right? We're going to see what happens Friday night. Oh, my good Lord. Okay, Friday night doubleheader, second game up. BC Lions uh, cruising into Edmonton to play the Eskimos. The one-and-one Eskimos. BC is coming off a, a, a bye. Their first week one win was against Montreal. It was anything but a confidence builder. I Yeah, well, whatever. Uh, Jonathan Jennings did have a, an amazing quarterback ranking or rating off of that uh 100 131 or something 
uh, huge, but 22 points against Montreal. The next week, Winnipeg puts 56 up. What does that tell you? BC's having problems putting points on the board against a pathetic Montreal team? I don't know. Edmonton loses to Hamilton. Edmonton barely beats Winnipeg. They barely beat Winnipeg, and then Winnipeg destroys Montreal, but BC barely beats Montreal. Ah, it's a tough one, eh? Charles picked the BC Lions 38-31. Uh, CFL Pick'em is taking Edmonton with an 85% confidence rating. Both teams have a ton of new faces on defense. The Lions' offseason moves the Eskimos due to injuries and could be vulnerable in the secondary. Could be vulnerable in the secondary? Look, they have a porous defense at best with a non-existent secondary. Jonathan Jennings could have a field day with the receivers that he has. This could be a huge game for the PC Lions, or it could be a dud. I hate seasons like that, and this is what we're in. We're in a season right now of indecisions and let's find out what happens bc second highest in the league with sacks with five and they've only played one game calgary's got six and they've got two games hmm do we take over the sack lead this week edmonton is only two and four in their last contest last games in commonwealth they have a losing record at home and charles has picked bc will What are you doing? Edmonton? BC. Is this a tough one for you? You said you're not picking BC anymore. No, I didn't say that. I said if BC lost to Montreal, I'd never pick BC again. Uh, Um, You know, I I guess we'll find out if Jonathan Jennings is for real. We will. (laughs) You know, you said BC had five sacks, one game, but they also played Montreal, so that's not saying much. Montreal needs an offensive line. Montreal needs a team. Sorry. Um, but I'm going to give uh, I'm going to give Jonathan Jennings one more week because I think uh, Edmonton's defensive backfield is horrible. Um, and uh, if Jonathan Jennings is as good as Jonathan Jennings has been, not last year, but the years prior, I'm going to pick BC 27, Edmonton 21. Okay. Chris, are you going to be an Edmonton fan here? Yep. Yep. I already gave it away. I'm, I'm picking the home teams. So, um, it could be a little bit of a homework pick, but I, I, it's going to be high scoring because I don't have any faith in Edmonton secondary at all. Um, but Ricky Ray's Ricky Ray. Uh, they, they're going to score their points too. Um, BC's still getting their feet under them. The, I don't think the buy helped them a ton at the time that it was at. Um, so I'm going to, but it's going to be close and I think it's going to be a shooter again. Like I said, I, I think that there'll be high scoring close games this week as opposed to the blowouts of last week. So I'm going to go 32, 28 for Edmonton. 32, 28 for Edmonton. 
Yeah. Okay. So we got two. I just think Riley's going to outscore him. Riley's just going to outlast him. That's interesting. It's highly possible. Nobody can argue too much with that one. Uh, Mark. Mark. Yeah, this one I'm going to be agreeing with Christopher. With Chris, sorry, not Christopher, because I know who you're going to take. Um, I really think it's going to come down to who has the ball last, and Riley is one of those guys that it seems when the game's in doubt, he has the ball in his hands at the end of the game. As bad as Edmonton's defensive backs are, Montre- or BC's aren't much better. I think everybody remembers the first quarter of the game against Montreal. They were getting lit up. Yeah, they made the changes, but they also were playing Drew Willie. I think there's some major problems in the defensive backfield there. Uh, I am, like everybody else, curious to see how Jennings does play. You, know, like you said, Christopher, he's got the number one uh, percentage or whatever. It was against Montreal. The Bombers put up 588 yards against Montreal. You can't, you can't gauge anything on that team. So nope. there's still a lot of questions about BC, whether it's the running game. You know, they've got great receivers. Um, Edmonton's defensive line is a little better than Montreal's. They're not great, but they are better. So it'll be interesting to see how husband and that can handle them. But at the end of the day, I am going to go with Edmonton, 31, BC, 24. 24. Everybody kind of went conservative on this. Two of them went for BC. Charles got it up a little higher at 38-31. I'm going to take a BC victory, and we're going to go 36 to 24. You never count out Mike Riley, but I just think BC's got a better team this year, and they need to be a better team this year. And uh, Edmonton, right from the day one, I said they're going to miss the playoffs this year. This is going to be their first first date that's going downhill. Okay. That's the game. That's the lock. Good call. No. You still got one more game. game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just talking about this game. No worries. Don't get upset. We're we're still going to pick the Montreal-Saskatchewan game. Charles has Saskatchewan winning this one 30-6. CFL Pick'em has, oh, a 96% confidence rating in Saskatchewan. I dare anybody on this panel to pick Montreal to win. Come on, anybody? You get to go first. If you're willing to pick the Alouettes to beat the Riders, you get to go first. Riders don't have a quarterback. Alouettes have Drew Willie. At least he's got some experience. Let me go first. Okay, okay. William, go ahead. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. An Alouette team is ashamed of their performance last week. It Drew Willie looked horrible. Drew Willie looked horrible. No, Drew Willie looked like Drew Willie. No, no, Drew Willie. You can't blame Drew Willie. He doesn't have an offensive line, okay? But he looks, he looks like it's very painful to get a hit 
because I think he probably, I think he even gets hit in practice, to be honest with you. Okay, because that offensive line is so terrible, and I hate Saskatchewan. And here you go. Montreal 21, Saskatchewan 14. Seriously? (laughs) Seriously? I'm totally serious. I'm totally serious. Wait, wow. wait, is it in Saskatchewan? Is it in Saskatchewan it's or in Montreal? Saskatchewan. Is it? It's in Regina. Oh, it yeah. Yeah, it's in Regina. Sorry, I gotta change I gotta I gotta change that then. Okay. What did I say? Twenty one fourteen. What did I say? Twenty one fourteen. Twenty seven fourteen for Montreal. Twenty seven fourteen for Montreal. I just God, I love this. There's something about this show that just is awesome. And you know what? That, that reminds me of something. Okay, okay, enough clown shows here. Uh, wow, you picked Montreal. Chris, are you going to do the same? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Will, Will can afford to squander his pick because he won like three last week. So He did win three there, last week. And, and you see, Chris, Chris, tuned right into that really quick. You're a pretty sharp guy, Chris. <laughs> yep. Um, and of course he'll be, he'll win if Montreal can win because nobody else is going to pick him. So it's not a, it's a, it's a hedge bet. I, I like it, but I am going to go with the score of 42 to six for Saskatchewan. As it's at home. And I think Saskatchewan Brandon bridge goes nuts on them and they have no answers for anything. So I, I'm going to go for an absolute blow it at home for Saskatchewan, even though it pains me to do that, but it's going to be a joke. It's going to be like 42 to six. So did you, have you ever, ever seen Brandon bridge blow out another team? No, but it's Montreal and it's going to be his game to start. And I think he's going to run all over him. I think he's going to run and he's going to throw all over him. I think it's going to be, one of Brandon's best games just because it's finally his ship to run and he's just going to go out and prove Now, I don't think it's going to carry on much past this, uh, but I think it's a perfect storm because I think Brandon's been waiting for a long time to get the reins. They're his now for a while, for sure, if not the whole season. And I think it's at home and I think he just goes to town and then obviously falls back down to earth moving forward. But I think it's just a perfect storm for an absolute molly whopping. Be careful with your does Molly Wapping. Does anybody know who Saskatchewan's backup quarterback is? Yeah, Brandon Bridge. No, their backup <laughs> no, quarterback is Brandon Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I ah. I don't know. No, I don't know either. I couldn't could it be it the top of my head. Could it could it be could it be Deron Carter? <laughs> now that's funny. Yeah. It's possible. Oh, that it's, it's that Ward guy, uh, the one that uh, he missed. He they had last year. They were talking huge about that guy that they had hidden away, and then he actually took his job from him. What was it, uh, Marcus Ward or something like that? He did good in the preseason. Well, they did just sign Devin Gardner. Ah, uh, yeah. I know. I, the third string definitely is that guy. David Watford. Watford, Watford is the backup. 
Yeah. Okay. And they're pretty high on him there. Mm-hmm. They were also high on the guy that he got kicked out of town too. So whatever. <laughs> but he, did, he, he, he didn't. He didn't look bad in preseason. Let's, I mean, he, he didn't look bad. But I don't think it matters. Brandon Bridge is a pretty strong, healthy guy. I don't see him going down for much. It hap- things happen. Crazy things happen. But I, I wouldn't put money on it. Brandon Bridge is a pretty healthy, strong young man. Well, we're not he putting money on all all it. All it takes no. is one hit to the lower extremity, and look out, buddy. Oh yeah, no, you know no, I mean? it can happen. There's no doubt about it. But, but, uh, I mean, if that happens, things change. But I'm planning on it, him being for the game and going to town. I think it'll be a, an amazing display for at least one game. You used the word "amazing display" when you're describing Drew Willie. I want you to know that, okay? Because, come on, like seriously. No, Brandon Bridge, not. Willie. Oh, sorry, 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 Willie sorry, is... sorry. <laughs> but but on the other Will hand, pick gentlemen, him. Drew Willie is coming into his own. Okay, so <laughs> he's finally getting a chance. He's running a team now, and and come on, it could happen. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Yeah, anything is possible. We get lunar eclipses, and you know, every. 34 years or so. Okay. Mark. Bring some sanity to this show. Um, It might be hard. Uh, I'm going to be a little bit nicer to Montreal. I'm not going to take as big a point spread. and I'm not going to be as interesting as Will and take Montreal, though. Um, This is probably going to be an embarrassing game. It's in Saskatchewan. It's a horrific O-line. It's Drew Willie. And what looked like a rudderless defense last week, we all knew the offense was going to suck for Montreal. But we all thought that their defense was going to be very, very good. And they've just looked ridiculous. So, like Chris Chris said, it's going to be a perfect storm kind of deal. Brandon Bridge is going to come out, throw for 500 yards. They're going to start planning the ticker tape parade. Um, I'm curious to see how Deron Carter does in his position at defensive back. You know, he did get burnt pretty badly a couple of times last week, along with his interception return. So that's more what I'm curious to watch of the game, score-wise. <laughs> 49, Saskatchewan 49, and I'm going to be really generous to Montreal, 9. Ooh. With that Saskatchewan defensive line, with that defensive line, the Bombers were giving Willie a millisecond of time. He's not even going to get the ball in his hands, and Charleston Hughes is going to be knocking him flying. It's going to be kind of ridiculous. So the score has to reflect. I mean, that. I mean, Saskatchewan's defensive line was really impressive against Ottawa. I'm being sarcastic. Can you tell? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Because um, I'm trying Mark, to think about what you were talking about. Because it was. You know, going to I'm not. I'm going to mention to you, Mark. Never 
never, ever, 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 ever in his career is Brandon Bridge going to throw for 500 yards. He might run for 500 yards, but he's never going to pass for 500 yards. He cannot read defenses. All bets are off. It's Montreal. Yeah, how about if there is no defense there? Well, like I said, I, I still believe I still believe these guys have a little bit of pride, and they're probably smarting from a rookie from a rookie QB beating the crap out of them last week. Okay. Yeah. And I I think it'll be closer. Hmm. Could be. And it could be the perfect storm the other way. Everybody thinks Montreal's going to lose in Saskatchewan because Saskatchewan's a great place to play. So, we'll see. And okay, I was going to mention you guys. Remember, remember Drew Willie played in Saskatchewan. He knows, he knows Saskatchewan. <laughs> hey, no. No. I don't believe that. Okay, so we're looking at this, and I'm going, okay. I, you guys have all picked this to be a high-scoring game. 30-6. to six. Uh, Mark, uh, Will's the only one that didn't make this a blowout and he got a score of 27 14 I don't think there's a lot of points to be made here I'm going to call this one 21 18 and I'm going to take the Alouettes Montreal 21 Saskatchewan 18 guys I wanted to mention it's taken three years but finally Christopher's drinking my Kool-Aid (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> so, anyhow, that's kind of an interesting one, you know? There, there's no consensus. Well, I guess the Calgary-Ottawa game was a consensus. But the other ones are, uh, like, split up and, and split up badly. I just took Will's. Uh, I just took the Montreal Alouettes to win this game because nobody else was, and I couldn't let Will take this points all on his own. Somebody had to come close to it. And I never win yeah, these things anyhow, so I, it, it, I might as well throw it away anyhow. Make sure, make sure Will doesn't get the easy win anyway. Actually, you know what? I Can I go back and change a score? Yeah, I think so. Because, Why not? Sure. I, go I'm going to change go my Ottawa-Calgary score, and I'm going to take it. 24-21 for Ottawa. <clears throat> and I'm leaving my other score there just so that if I actually would have won the Calgary game, I'm going to kick my ass. But I'm going to take Ottawa just because nobody did. And if Ottawa does, by chance, win this, then I get a free, free, free points. Pretty exciting. Well, and you know, Chris, you know, Christopher, you did pick the right score because, you know, Ottawa may score twenty-one points, but Calgary's going to score twenty-four in the first quarter. So, I I don't see it. I really don't see it. I I don't see that happening. But okay, I, I this is fun. I I just actually had fun. I don't think and you I know ever... what? I, I will I will add that uh Dave Dickinson chewed on the entire Calgary team this week at practice because apparently they were not 
uh, as uh, focused as he would have liked them to be. So, hey, you never know. Maybe they're reading their newspaper articles. Davis? I don't know. No, the Calgary team, not Dave. Dave never reads articles. No. He never thinks they're good enough. He never thinks they're good enough. So. Okay. So, like, this is the end of those predictions. And and you know what? I don't know what it is. Is because we don't have Charles with us or whatever? We, we, we're we 20 minutes ahead of schedule here. And uh, that's kind of weird. CFL, what we're made of. Okay, let's see if we can expand on the show a little bit and have some fun here. Although these, we got some serious topics in here that aren't very fun. Uh, Ricky Ray's injuries. Uh, he doesn't seem to be hurt that bad, or at least that was the first prognosis. Uh, it's not spinal core. It's not, you know, he's got his extremities work and everything else. But He's not coming back this season. It's he he's not it's a season ending injury. Uh he's gone. So this show now is going over to James Franklin and he will be the starting quarterback in Toronto. Now the question here is will we ever see Ricky Ray in a CFL uniform taking snaps on a live game? We may see him in a uniform as he's having his jersey, his numbers retired or something, Hall of Fame introduction or all of the above things that are going to happen for Ricky Ray. Will he ever take another snap on the football field, a live snap? Mark, what do you think? I think in a way he will take one more snap whether it's in an exhibition game next year or if it's the first game of the year and whoever they're playing, they make a side deal with, uh, do nothing, he's going to snap the ball, and that's it kind of thing. Why? I know, I know. Why? I I think it'll be in an exhibition just to satisfy himself because you know with his ego, I know he's a quiet guy and everything else, but he's got a big ego. You know that because he came back this year. I he obviously think it was about ego. I think it was to a degree. He doesn't need money. He shouldn't need money. Terrell Owens shouldn't need money. Terrell Owens is flat broke. Terrell <laughs> Owens should not need money. I know. I, I really think Ray's wife needs to sit him down and say, you know what, that's it. This, it's got to be a concu- like concussion-related. I know they haven't said, but his extremities are fine, everything else. It's got to be concussion-related, and, and it has to be a bad one. And he's had concussions before, has he not? Well, here's the trick on this one. The first thing that they said is it is not a concussion. He has no symptoms of a concussion. Okay. That's the first thing that we've heard out. Even before he was, they, they said, oh, he's going to be okay. The first thing that they said is he has no symptoms of a concussion. And it's got to be his neck. I know they say everything's moving and everything else, but his neck bent pretty good and he, his head got squished. Yeah. I know it wasn't yeah, a no, violent hit. It wasn't a violent hit at all. 
It was just the, how he got bent. So it's either the head or the neck. Yeah. So he's out for the season. It's not a concussion, but he's out for the season. Now, I'm sorry. He's not coming back to play football. I hope to hell not. I, you know, he's an idiot if he does. Seriously. Yep. I. You know what? If I was him, I would announce my retirement today. The the reason why he's not going to re- announce his retirement is it lets Toronto Argonauts off the hook for his salary. So he has to stay a active member of the Toronto Argonauts to be paid this year, and you might as well get paid $450,000 and retire in the offseason. So that the discussion of retirement is not going to come up again this season, not until the offseason. But Ricky Ray is not going to put on a set of cleats again. Ain't gonna happen. He's, he's Bozo the Clown wouldn't even do this. Okay? No. I don't know. But coming, I don't see the point in coming back for one snap. That doesn't make sense. I, just, I know, but I just I see it. You know, not, who really seriously thought he was coming back this year? Not many people seriously thought uh, he was coming back. Not me, that's so, for sure. No. Yeah, it's I don't know, maybe it's not ego, but there's something that just drives him to keep on playing. And he may not want to go out and like end his career, retire or whatever, on an injury. I I don't see the point in in here here's the way I look at it. Right now he has to heal. He has to make himself better, okay? That's the number, number one thing for him to do, regardless of what he does for the rest of his life. He has to get himself well again. Now, if he has any aspirations of coming back and playing football, he now has to get himself in absolute awesome shape. And he's going to have to work this offseason for the rest of the season and the offseason to give this 38, going on 39-year-old body a chance to make it through training camp next year. And then he has to go through a training camp to play one game. Well, I'm just, that's a, that's no, a pretty a huge expense. That's, that's I'm money. That's play. not, I'm not saying a game. I'm saying one play, take yes, a snap but, and then go. I don't, what's the point? Why does he just come out the midfield before the coin toss and do, take a bow? I just I see it happening. It's Toronto. He's the winningest. He is the winningest quarterback in Toronto modern history. Yep. He's got nothing to prove. Not even to himself. Have anything to prove coming back this year? Other than he had a healthy year last year. Yeah. Don't know. I don't see it happening. But yeah, you're uh, Mark saying he's coming back for one snap. Mark, uh, Chris, what do you think? No, I agree with you, Christopher. He's not coming back. You'll never, you'll never see him put on a uniform again, not to play. And I honestly, and I said it at the end of last season, he should have retired at the end of last season. Go off on top, take his final bow, and uh, and we could remember him that way instead of what's happened now. And. Uh, 
I was. I think I thought he was foolish to come back. Um, I was. I mean, obviously nobody hopes for or plans on what happened, but the odds of him getting hurt were huge. Not that kind of injury, but I was thinking lower leg or something. But I just didn't see him finishing the season, and I just thought it was silly for him to do that. I, I, whatever drove him to come back, it, it did. But whatever that was, it's gone now. I, I, I just can't see him making that decision or choice to, 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 to even bother trying. I agree with you. He probably won't announce his retirement until the offseason, um, whether it's money or whatever. But uh, I don't think he ever takes another snap. And I honestly think think he shouldn't shouldn't have come back. I think he should have retired on top like Henry Burse. And we could have all had fond memories. Maybe he'd be on the panel or talking on TV or I don't know. But we wouldn't have to have watched what we watched. And we wouldn't have to have these discussions and – I don't know. I just thought it was silly for him to come back and worst case scenario happened. And unfortunately it did. And, and, uh, but no, he's no, he's never going to come back. He's, he's done. It's over. It should have been over after great cup, but it is now for sure. And it wasn't his decision. And it won't be really won't be his decision either. Cause I just don't think he, not at his age. Is he ever going to make a comeback? No. It, it, odds are against him. Odds are odds are against him. They were against him last year, and he won the Grey Cup. We didn't. We picked Toronto to be last in the CFL last year, and Ricky Ray mm-hmm. took him to a Grey Cup victory. Yeah. Lightning struck, right? Lightning struck, and that's why he should have retired, because nothing was ever going to get better than what it did. Like even nope. if he could have played this whole season and won again, it would have still been anticlimactic compared to what happened last year. Period. Yeah, that was that was a Cinderella season. Yep, and it would have been a Cinderella end to his career, and now it's not because now it's this, <laughs> and that's what it is. I, I totally agree with you and every aspect of what you've said. He should have retired last year. He should never have come back. It was uh, the a bad decision to come back. The odds of something like this happening were too great with his history and his now his senior age. And it did. And it's sad that it did. Nobody wished this on Ricky Ray. I, I dislike the Toronto Argonauts. I am not a Toronto Argonaut fan. Never have been, never will be. Don't like him. Love Ricky Ray. Always have. Even when he was with Edmonton. Didn't like Edmonton, mm-hmm. but still liked Ricky Ray. Uh, like Mike Riley, I don't like Edmonton. Uh, yeah, he should never have come back. What the hell were you thinking, Ray? What the hell were you thinking? Yeah. Okay, sad but true. William, Ricky Ray coming yes. back. You know yeah. what? I'm not gonna remember Rick I'm not gonna remember Ricky Rayford lying on the field at the end of his career. You know what? He's got so many highlights in his career. He's gotta be in the top five quarterbacks in CFL history. If not top two, he's won four great cups. Um, I don't necessarily agree with you guys of him not coming back this he shouldn't have come back this year, but he will never play another down of football. I guarantee that. He's done. He's done like dinner. And uh, I think he deserves the salary this year because he got hurt playing for his team. So I have no problem with him not retiring right away. Oh but yeah, I of think course. he should. He's earned it. He should call it a he should call it a career at the end of at the end of the season and and wander off into the into the into the twilight. 
And, I mean, I think you'll see him back in the CFL as a coach or something eventually. So, I mean, I've never been a big Ricky Ray fan, but he's contributed. There's no doubt about it. So, but no, I don't think he should come back ever. Not even for one snap. I mean, what's the point? I'm going to remember Ricky Ray winning Grey Cups. That's it. Yeah. And and I'm going to remember Ricky Ray for not being a very good athlete, but he still was on top of his game all the time. So. But he didn't have to be. He had such a a, a quick release and an accuracy on his throw. He didn't have to be an athlete. Nope. And that's probably why he decided to come back this year, regardless if he's 37 or 38 years old. He's 38 going 39 this season. He'll be 39. He's not running around. He's, He's not running around on the field, okay? This was, and I think, I'm pretty sure it's a neck injury, and I think he jammed his neck, but I think he jammed his neck really bad. And, uh, you know, neck injuries are pretty tricky. So, yeah, don't ever play football again. Please. Please, please, please. Yeah, Because, I mean, wrong. think about it, you know, I mean, I remember, I remember this game and watching Garrett Davis standing there, and he was, he was pretty upset. Okay, but they put Ricky Ray in, and his job is to go after the quarterback, and that's what he did. So, uh, not know, his fault. It was a clean too bad. No, absolutely. It was absolutely. It was a football play. Yep, yep. And maybe, maybe he's not. I mean, he's never been fleet of foot, but maybe he's not as fleet of foot as he used to be, and therefore he's a target, and he got hurt. So, and I mean, let's face it, it wasn't, it wasn't the most gruesome hit we've ever seen in our life. Not even close. It was just a, it was just a, I, I, I don't like to say it, but it was an old guy injury. It's an old guy injury. Yeah, you're probably right there. Okay. I think the consensus here is even though Mark, kind of doesn't want to admit it is Ricky Ray's done and uh, and he should be and and we're, we're saying that in the the nicest way possible because you know even Will's disinterest in him we all love him as a football player because he contributed so much to this great league that we love so much and uh, it wouldn't have been the same for without Ricky Ray for the last 10 plus years wouldn't be the same Hated playing him against him. Okay. How many quarterbacks we're going to lose this year? Mark, you asked me that question before the the show tonight. We've lost three so far. And there's still a couple of injury-prone ones out there. Yeah. Uh, We could easily lose another two or three. You know, when you kind of scoffed at Masoli being called an elite quarterback, look at the quarterbacks that are starting right now. Obviously, Mike Radley's elite. That's You don't even have to say that. But for the starters, not the guys that well, are injured, they, the guys that are actually on the field. Well, you got Mitchell. Yeah. Okay, so there's Try- two, and then after that. You Trevor Harris, to Trevor Harris, Jeremiah Mazzoli. Jeremiah Mazzoli. 
So none of the guys after the first two are really household. We know what they're going to do names. So you could put Masoli up there. You can make an argument for Masoli. You can make an argument for Jennings. Right now with the guys that are starters. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a tough one. Hey, we don't have a lot of quarterbacks left. I I don't mean to say that in any bad way. It's just true. And we have been hurting our quarterbacks for the last four, five years, pretty seriously hurting our quarterbacks. So the subject here is Zach Caleros is now on the six-game injured list after an apparent concussion last week. Do you think this significantly hampers the Riders' future prospects? Brandon Bridge is now the owner of this team, for lack of a better term, for the foreseeable future. I'm glad Will finds humor in this because I'm not. The humor humor was in Brett. The humor was in Brandon Bridge being their quarterback now, okay? Uh, Being the starter. I know, being the starter. Saskatchewan's not going anywhere. That's that I, I've said it numerous times. I don't think he's a very good quarterback. And, uh, hey, you know what? I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. Is he is he of the Drew Willie ilk? No. Um, but I, I, I've heard too many interviews with the guy, and I think he's kind of arrogant. If Mark was just talking about Ricky Ray being arrogant, but I think Brandon Bridge is arrogant. And... I don't think he'll ever try and read, learn how to read defenses. And I don't think in Saskatchewan, and I mentioned this on Sunday, I don't think Saskatchewan is very offense-minded. And so he's not going to get the work or he's not going to get the teaching that he needs because there's nobody on Saskatchewan's coaching staff who can teach him that. And I, I don't think he's going to do anything, and I think it's going to be a long season for Saskatchewan. If they're, if Zach Kolaris doesn't come back, I think they're going to be they're going to be a 500 team. Riders signed Michigan and NFL former NFL quarterback Devin Gardner. Yeah, Did we hear and? this, and. This is a reject from the Stamps training camp. Do we expect anything there? No. How long do you think? I mean, Zach Claros didn't make it through two games this season, and he's off for at least six. That's eight weeks on an 18-game season. That's half the year he's done. Not coming back till the second and half you know of the season. You know what? If you look at Saskatchewan's history, the last time they won the Grey Cup, correct me if I'm wrong, I think George Cortez was was their offensive coordinator. If I Ooh. am correct. You are? You are? Uh, okay. And George Cortez is a is a great quarterback coach. Okay? Everybody had, who plays under him gets better. Gets better. Okay. They and he don't had Tahari Jones sorry. in there as a QB coach. 
there you go. Okay, they don't get they don't get better unless they're taught properly. And I mean, all of the successful years in Calgary when we had Garcia, and when we had when when they had Gar- Jeff Garcia, and when they had uh, Dave Dickinson, when they had uh, Henry Burris, there was always a great quarterback behind the scenes. John Huffnagel or great quarterback coach John Hefnagel, George Cortez, Wally Buono, okay? Those are all great guys. And I don't think it I don't think they have it in Saskatchewan. Well, Wally Buono was a, a linebacker, right? He was a defensive guru. Yes, I understand he was a was a linebacker, but he also had he also had Jeff Garcia, Henry Burris, and Dave Dickinson on the same team, I do believe. Okay? So Wally just has a knack for finding great people around him. Not only his players, but his coaching staff. Absolutely. And once again, so he finds people who can do it. Right. I mean, George Cortez was his offensive coordinator forever. John Huffnagel was his offensive coordinator forever. Um, And where did Dave Dickinson come from? He came from John Huffnagel. So, it just all goes down to the thing, and I, I don't think – I think Chris Jones has too big of an ego to get somebody who's that good coaching for the team. Sorry, it's just my opinion, but uh, if you look at a guy like Wally, he's never had a problem with having assistants who are great at what they do. Yeah, even if it's better than what he can do. You know, they say the sign of a true leader is guys – is is you hire guys who can replace you. So, there you go. I always surrounded myself with people who were better yeah. than I was. Uh-huh, because I'm not that good. I'm the same way. I'm not that good, but I always just, had a good staff around me, so I was always one. I always looked good. I'm just good at managing people. That's all. Okay, Chris, Rough Riders, what are they going to do the rest of the season? Well, I, 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 Brandon I Bridge, think, is that their best I, choice at this point, John? 100% that's their best choice. I, I don't think they have another choice. And, I mean, going out and signing unknown NFL rejects is Chris Jones's favorite thing to do, but it doesn't mean nothing. Um and let's be honest, anybody that got rejected out of Calgary's camp usually doesn't turn out to be much. So, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I, I I think that I cannot argue with Will's assessment of Brandon Bridges' abilities at this point in time as a quarterback. He's got great feet. He's tall, so he can see over the line. He can hit an open receiver when he's there, but he cannot read a defense. So as people play Saskatchewan – if you're any got any good uh, anything as a defensive coordinator, you're going to scheme uh, a lot more for a Brandon Bridge. You're going to do things to confuse him uh, and keep him off his toes, and then you've got to stop him from running because that's what he'll always defer to as the run. That being said, I still I like Brandon Bridge more than Will does, and I think that he's probably not wrong that the Saskatchewan will be a 500 team. I think that. If they do finish the season with Brandon Bridge and and that's where it's gone, then to be 
nine and nine will be will be an achievement, I guess. A miracle because they don't have a lot of well, yeah, because they don't have a lot of depth, and he is still a rookie quarterback. He's been around a lot, but he's still a rookie quarterback. So, but uh, hey, I I was one of the proponents that I think he should have had the team this year without before Zach Claris anyway. Um, when they got Zach Claris, obviously you got to go with that experiment because there was something there. I mean, there was, you know, there was something there before it got broken and you got to see if you can get it back. But clearly, uh, you know, the old line's questionable and the difference is, is Brandon Bridge can get away from that. Like he can protect himself and he's going to have to. So, and Zach Claris just can't, he's, that's not his style. And, I'd be amazed if Zach Claris comes back, and if he comes back, I would put money on it that he will be nowhere near ready to play. You can't lose half a season and step in and be and be a great quarterback. It's going to take him. He's going to have rust. There's going to be all that. If he does come back this year, uh, Brandon Bridge will probably beat him out anyway because he won't bring anything to the table. We're we're talking off season and try again next year kind of thing, in my opinion. So they got Brandon Bridge. Let's see what he can do. I I, I like the kid. I, but I will not argue with Will that I don't think he can read defenses either. And he's necessarily not going to be an elite or the world's greatest quarterback, but I think he's got tools. And I, he really reminds me, I guess, a lot of like a Darian Durant. Because to be honest with you, Darian Durant lived off his feet for the first, what, five, six years of his career. He did learn how to sort of read defenses a little bit, but he was never great at it. Uh, but he did okay. He made himself a decent career. And he could win some games. And he won a great cup. So, obviously, you need great supporting staff for that, and I don't think that Saskatchewan has that right now. Um, but they'll be able to do some things. They've got some quality receivers. They've, You know, he can buy time himself without a no-line, and that's what he needs going to need to do. And, you know, hopefully nobody else goes down, because, like I said, they got zero depth, especially Canadians. They start losing guys like that, then they're doomed. But... Um, I think that their their goal should be a 50-50 season. I think it should be a 9-9 season now because that's realistic. I mean, whether they do or not, we'll see. But uh, I, look forward to, I look forward to seeing Brandon Bridge as a starter and to see what he can do because I do think we do, obviously, as we just said, we're getting down on, on who's quarterbacks out there. We need to develop the next ones. We need to see the next ones coming. Um, and have them consistently be the ones moving up like Jennings was and then that big step back. And we need him to be forward again because all of our good ones are getting older, you know, well, except for a handful. But, I mean, Mike Riley's 33, Bo Levi's 29 or 28, 29. You know, like we always need to have those young guys coming up and stepping up, and that's what we're hoping we're seeing in that Chris Shuffler, right, is that he's not going to be a superstar right off the bat, but he's done pretty darn good for a pure rookie, and hopefully he develops and keeps going forward with his career, and that's what I'm hoping Bridge does. I hope he steps in. I hope he, he realizes he has to learn to read these and just can't rely on his athleticism and throwing to an open man because there's not always going to be an open man, especially when they start scheming on him. But it'll be growing pains, but I, I look forward to it. I, I, I don't think that they – to be honest with you, the way Zach was playing, I don't think they lose a lot right now. I, I don't think Zach was going to light it up. I, I He looked very iffy to me. Uh, before he got hurt, they didn't have like they're not losing a great quarterback as it is because he hadn't gotten back to that level. And I don't think he might not have. Who knows what would have happened with Zach? He could have been mediocre for a while. So go for it, Bridge. Let's see you. I'm looking forward to it. 
that's it. Done, done. Did we lose oh. Christopher? <laughs> no. Nope. Oh, okay. I'm here. I just had my mic off for a minute, so I had to turn it back on. Sorry, guys. Oh, okay. No problem. Yeah, so if you get dead air, just start talking until something happens. But, yeah. Okay. Mark, you got the 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 hammer on this one. It, like Chris said, this is Bridge's chance. But I think at this point with Bridge, this is his last close to his last chance to be a starter in the CFL. Uh, he's had opportunities. He hasn't been able to take the next step. So he it will be interesting to watch him if he can take the next step. And like Will said, it comes down to coaching. I know we're t- using it as a topic coming up, but you do not want to surround him with your top offensive weapons. Obviously, yes, you do. Do you want to surround him with guys that make acrobatic catches on bad throws and stuff like that? Yes, you do. And Deron Carter's playing full-time defense because they can't find an American defensive back? It just, that's coaching. That's plain and simple coaching. They're not surrounding him with the best players. They're going to have to use a running game to help him. And they got Jerome Messam, who we've already seen in the two games he's played. There's a reason Calgary let him go. Well, there's a reason why BC let him go. There's a reason Edmonton let him go. Well, in, in Calgary, it's just he's gotten old. He doesn't have that downhill speed now. He's still tough, but he, he never had downhill him. speed. Well, once he got going, he could get. He was a freight train. Going. I'll give you that. But he slowed down a lot, and it showed last game when they tried to run him. Yeah. I just. I want to see Bridge succeed. Obviously, you know the whole Canadian bit, I guess. But I just don't see it. And not when the coaching is not surrounding him with the best weapons. It just made no sense. Now, he he obviously can run around. We've seen that his whole career. You know, he can run around, create time, and make plays out of that. But once there's full game film on him, yeah, and again, you can't use this week's game as game film on him, though. So he does have a chance to really get the confidence going, considering they're playing the free space. But I've never been a massive fan of his. I just, like, he is a Darian Durant style, and I just find that kind of boring where you run around until and throw the ball up and hope. So I think he has a shot at becoming a starter. Saskatchewan's the place for it now, obviously. Cause is this Colorado's third concussion? I don't know if he's had one before. Yeah, no, he's had concussion problems. He had one in Toronto, I know. Okay. I know for sure he had one in Toronto. Okay. Not, I, I don't know. But it, yeah. that goes back to, to bad coaching again and the fact that Chris Jones didn't build an O-line to protect his quarterback. And that's what holding Saskatchewan back. I, I, I would coaching. think that this, this might be um, – Zach Calaris last hurrah. 
if he may retire, he he may he should think retire. It's his third concussion. If it is his third, he needs to take a serious look at that. Even if it's his second, he needs to take a serious look. Hey, so I I want to what what does uh, Chris Strebler and Brandon Bridge have in common? Oh God, what? They've both started two games in the CFL. <laughs> I would. I I really want to see the the Labor Day Classic and the Banjo Bowl with these two going head to head. <laughs> oh, Nichols will be back long before that. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Kind of interesting. Okay, shall we? Ditch this subject and go into something a little bit more interesting. Oh, do we have anything more interesting? TSN has announced that they are bringing back live mic games in 2018. Do we like the live mic games or do we care less? Should I just ring the bell for Bill or for Will? I don't care. Will, what do you got to say? I don't care. Seriously, you don't like them at all? No, seriously, I really, really, I really, really don't care. Really, really don't care. That's not just a really don't care. It's a really, really don't care. (sighs) Did you watch the first game when when what's his nuts? The uh, referee had the ref cam on the the GoPro on his on his hat. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, th- I thought I that was pretty that cool. I'd like to see that. I don't that. think I noticed. You don't think you noticed? Really? No, oh, I didn't good notice. Lord. Good Lord. What game What game was that? Mark, help me out here. You watched I it, can't remember. it. Yeah, it was week one. Um, I can't remember which game it was. Was, was it pre- week one or was it preseason? It, you know what? It might have been preseason. It might have been preseason. It was uh, Foxcroft had it on, and the angle was pretty cool. It, it was. It was great. It was brought some interesting yeah. things on. I mean, far more than Jason Moss. That guy was just boring. He's just not going to say anything. Of, that's the only good thing about the live mic coming back. We may see Jason Moss really, really go off. You know, what I think they should do is they should have live mic, but don't tell anybody. That would be entertaining. (laughs) It'd be one big beep. Well, I think everybody should be live mic. And then, you you know, the the producer picks and chooses what they're going to play. I mean, realistically, I mean, it's really stupid for Edmonton to take the position that they did because nobody ever broadcasts what they say live, right? It's always on a repeat. You you watch the play, and then they go back and do the replay, and they do the live mic thing. And, yeah, the mic was live during the play, but not afterwards. So, you know, nobody's giving away your secrets there. Jason, you moron. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. I think it was a good thing. 
Will, you don't like this feature at all. Mark, what do you think? I don't mind the live mic thing. It is kind of interesting. I It can be a little annoying at times, too. But I don't see the big deal of the some of the coaches and that losing their minds on it. Okay, they don't do a live mic in the NFL, but with the mics they have, you hear every single play called by a quarterback. So you're not stealing secrets if they hear you. Oh, we have to change our signals for a week. It's just a different angle of it. They're trying to get people interested. Is it the greatest thing they've done? No. But I find it, some, you know, say mildly entertaining would be the way to put it, really. It is interesting, but I really don't pay a ton of attention to it because I am watching the game. So. Yeah, you, you know, I the live mic on the quarterbacks didn't do anything to me because the way that they called their plays, may, it might as well have been speaking Russian, right? I mean, exactly. It no sense at all, right? So, um, but I would wire up every defensive player out there. Because those are the those are the characters out there that that are having fun. Those are the ones that are out there making noise. They got the sound bites, not the offense. The offense are boring. I don't know. That's that's my take on it. Chris, former player, would you wear a mic? Were Were you talkative uh, when you were out in the field? You smack talking no, no, everybody? No, 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 no. I played dead center, so I we you don't say a lot in the middle because <laughs> uh, first off, there's way too many cheap shots already. So um, no, I you know what I would have worn one, but they wouldn't have got much. They would have got other players around me, but I I was never a talker. I was very quiet. The dressing room before game, after game, was not my style at all to chat. And uh, but. <laughs> You know, I'm, I care more than Will, which isn't too hard to do, but, uh, um, and I enjoy some of it. Now that was funny. <laughs> but, um, you know, I could, I could go with or without. Um, when they do do it, I find it kind of amusing to listen to some of the player chatter. Um, the calls themselves mean nothing because they change those all the time anyway. Um, and, they, and they make up names, right? Like they're just made up name things like, whatever I let my you know like I sometimes let my players pick their own names for for certain coverages so you know you get like Slurpee or Sunday or whatever stupid names for it and you change them all the time so that nobody can pick them up and I I think that Edmonton was silly about how they uh, did it last year just wear the damn things it doesn't give away that much um you know, I even kind of think it's a little silly when the when the coaches cover their mouths because Dickinson does it all the time too. When he's making the calls into the mic, he covers his mouth up so you can't read his lips. Um, I almost wish that Moss would cover his face a little bit more so that we couldn't. I'm, I'm pretty sure his average is about 50 to 70 percent of the time when the camera catches him on the sidelines, he's saying a swear word um, that you could pretty much lip read even if you were half blind. Um, so they definitely don't want to mic the guy up anyway. He's clearly a cursor, but. Uh, yeah, I enjoy it for what it's there for. I, I don't think that anybody that would say that they enjoy the play calling would be very silly almost because I just – it doesn't mean anything. And it, it can't mean anything to anybody else any more than one or the – and anybody that wastes their time trying to pick it up on another team is, is ridiculous, and I don't think they would ever bother. 
Um, but I love the, you know, like I love the uh, show that they were doing before anyway, the, that, the, the mic'd up, uh, I used to watch those all the time because it's just interesting to hear. And they always choose the right players. Like when Nick Lewis was there, you, you always get a mic at least once a season. And he listened to those guys chat back and forth and, you know, like mic up Duran Carter and see what a real idiot he is on the field. Cause I'm, my guess is he's a huge one. So, and, uh, he's the guy. you know. He's the guy you don't have to mic because you know he's saying crap all the time. So, but I'd like to hear what people say back to him, right? Because I know Dur- uh, Spencer had lots to say back to him in the Ottawa games. So, oh yeah, <laughs> but oh yeah, definitely. You know, you know, like it's just interesting to hear the interactions between them, and then to realize that a lot of those guys are actually friends off the field too. And I enjoy that aspect of it because it reminds me of playing. And no, I wasn't the talker, but there was always lots of talkers. Um, and I mean, I got to know a lot of this, the the guards and, and centers and people you play against. You get to know pretty well, and you know you can chat it up pretty vicious on the field, and then and then put it aside and go afterwards. And I, I just, I guess as a ex, like someone that played, I I enjoy that banter because it reminds me of the game, and it puts you more in the game than listening to a color guy that never played talk about football that, and make mistakes and you know all those issues that we have with the game. So if they're going to have feeds and stuff going on at the games, um, you might as well have the player, some of the players chatting, right? It's interesting. and I, I do enjoy it for that, but if they didn't do it, I wouldn't be totally upset either. It's not something that when they announced they were going to do it again, I went, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. To me, it's just an added dimension to a game I'm already going to watch, and it just gives me a little bit something more to enjoy because I it does it does uh, remind me of, of playing. It's, it's, a, it's something that used to be only players would be able to hear because it is on the field, but with that mic, it, it brings you back to that. So it's a little nostalgia for me too. So I do enjoy it, but I wouldn't freak if they didn't do it. No, I mean, the same thing. I mean, we, we watch football. We love football without it. So does it just make some, it doesn't make the football game better. And that's the bottom line, right? Does it make it something better? And I enjoy listening to it for the most part, and it just depends on what part of the game it is. And like I said, I think the defense is, is playing a much better, mouthing off a lot better than the offense does. So I would be, uh, I, I would mic up the entire defense and, and listen to some trash talk because that's what it's all about. The coaches, the quarterbacks, it, it, Why? We, we listen to them. They don't do anything special. In fact, it, 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 it took that part of it actually took away from the game more than anything because we're looking at it and going, what the fuck did he just say and why? And those guys actually understood that. And, yeah, no, I was never there. Okay. Mark, you had your shot at this, didn't you? Yes, I did. Moving on from TSN. With the long-term injuries to Ricky Ray and Zach Caleros, some have suggested Hamilton Tiger Cats should deal Johnny Manziel. Do we think there's a possibility he could be traded, or do you see Hamilton holding on to him for now? Who? 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 Either wagon to that dead horse. I mean, seriously. He's proved nothing, and you want to trade for him? 
I, I, I don't understand. Will, are you same on same boat as me on this uh, one? It's the American hype machine. Who's Johnny Manziel? Why is anybody talking? Why is anybody talking? Why don't we talk about? You know what? Why wouldn't you pull seventy thousand dollars out of your jeans and and sign Deron Car or sorry Darian Durant for a, a quarterback in the CFL? Johnny Manziel hasn't taken one snap in regular season. Okay, who is he? Uh- Okay, first off, if you were to sign Darian Durant right now, you would have to trade for his rights from Winnipeg because Winnipeg owns his rights for the 2018 season. Right. He's and, retired and Winnipeg. Winnipeg, Winnipeg returns $70,000. $70, okay. Okay. <laughs> it's that simple. So, yeah, but I'm just, I'm just saying – I mean, it makes more sense to hire a guy like Darian Durant than trade for Johnny Manziel. I mean, come on. Really? Come on. What, Saskatchewan needs to do something, okay? That's just a fact. Brandon Bridge is not the answer in Saskatchewan. They have no other answer in there, and they would have to give back Winnipeg the 70 grand. Would Winnipeg want anything in, in addition to that? Or would they just say, fuck you, the 70 grand spent, we're not getting it back. We don't care about $70,000. That dickhead's not playing in this league again. Mark, would Winnipeg management say that? Oh, yeah. There's no way. Like, I have said it jokingly that they should, Winnipeg should call Saskatchewan and say, you can have Darian, just, you know, we'll trade him for 70000 bucks. But there's no way. Winnipeg is going to sit on his ass, and we're going to own his ass. He can't put on anything rider-related until after this year. Once the season is over, it's he can do whatever he wants. For this year, he can't wear green, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. Well, yeah, I but mean, when he was in Saskatchewan, when he was in Saskatchewan, he didn't wear, didn't wear anything rider-related either. So, <laughs> very true. I can understand what they're saying about getting, maybe trading Manziel to Saskatchewan or Toronto, either one, because we don't know what James Franklin's going to do yet. But if Hamilton does do that and Masoldi gets injured the next game, they don't have a quarterback. At least Manziel knows. At least Manziel knows the system. Right? Does he? So oh, what you're telling me right now here. is if Mazzoli gets injured, does Hamilton have a backup quarterback? They don't have one with experience, but at least they've had one that's been there since training camp. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, if Strebler gets injured, we're down to Mitchell Gale. Yeah, BC wouldn't even bet on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, I I don't think I've ever seen the CFL in a position where they have such 
they lack such depth in the quarterback position. Do you remember when, when we were losing quarterbacks and like we had amazing backup quarterbacks that came out? I mean, they're just it's, there's just nothing there right now. Did I lose everybody? No, I actually had my mic. No, I'm here. Okay. No, you're right. Um, and that's what I was saying earlier, too, is like when we were talking about if Masoli was a lead or not. Regardless of that, right now he's one of the top quarterbacks in the CFL, bar none, because of who else there is. Yeah. Speaking of top-notch quarterbacks, Travis Lule will be dressed for the Friday night game. Ooh, he will be dressed as the third-string quarterback for Friday night's game against Edmonton. That's a good sign. That's a good sign. It's a good sign that he's yep. back. I'm 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 happy about that because uh, long term, he he is the the best backup quarterback in the CFL right now. There's no doubt about that one. Easily. Kevin Glenn would argue with you. <laughs> Kevin Glenn can argue with me all he wants. Ain't going to happen. Kevin Glenn will have to get his wife to argue with me because he won't do that in public. Yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, intrigued by it all. But I really, I've never seen such poor depth in the quarterback positioning. Uh, and uh, w- why would Ricky Ray, with Ricky Ray's long-term injury, long-term injury, why would Toronto even look at Johnny Manziel when they traded for James Franklin? Where's the logic in that? So you, you got James Franklin's now your starter, and you trade to get Johnny Manziel for your backup guy. Well, then why would Hamilton release Johnny Manziel as their backup guy? That doesn't make sense. That's like uh, allowing assistant yeah, but, coaches on a lateral trade to another team. No, it has to be a promotion. Johnny yeah, Manziel's not forget, a third stringer. When you yeah. talk about Toronto, don't for, don't forget that Toronto has said that their third string quarterback is real close to Franklin as far as like the competition in camp was real close. So they they probably do have a decent quarterback back there. Yeah, so why would they be looking for Manziel? They aren't. People just that he's the he's the quarterback pick this year, okay? His name is in everything, okay? I mean I know, I no, I understand. It's ridiculous. I don't know. I'm not going on there. Chris, what do you think? Johnny Manziel? Did he be traded? Is he going to stick in Hamilton? Is he going to end up being the starting quarterback in uh, where? You know what? It's a hard one. And, I mean, I don't totally disagree with Will that he's not proved anything and are all you guys saying he's not proved anything. But I still think it would probably be worth a chance on him. I wouldn't trade a ton for him. But then it turns around with Hamilton trade him for not a ton, right? What do you have to give up to get him from Hamilton? 
I think Hamilton's got to be really comfortable with Mazzoli. Um, and I think that because he's not proven, he's not a great backup right now at this point. He's not the greatest backup there is because he doesn't, we don't know. So I would like to see him trade and play. I, I, I want to see him play. I, I'm among those guys that want to want to see him play. Let's see what he can do. Because you know what? If he washes out, great. It shows that we're a real league. If he does good, great. It's entertainment factor, and he resurrects his career here, and we get known for it. Um, where would he go? Well, you got to figure Montreal is pinning their hopes on Vernon Adams now. Yeah, Winnipeg doesn't scary. need a quarterback. Yeah, I know. Maybe Montreal. Um, Toronto doesn't need him because they already got an unknown that they like. Um, you know, the only place that seems like a good fit would be Montreal. And well, and Saskatchewan. And Saskatchewan. I, I, okay, yeah, I guess I'll do Saskatchewan too. Yeah, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan probably well, has more to trade for them, but then they then they kill their own depth again, right? Like they've got big stars, but they don't have anything behind them. Um, I don't know. I think Hamilton would want the moon for him. And I don't think anybody's crazy enough to give that up because he's an unknown factor. I would love to see it happen because I would like to see Menzel play. I don't think he plays for Hamilton this year uh, because I think Mazzoli's there and he's won the job and he's looking really good. So it's a catch-29. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I would like to see him traded and played, but I don't think it's going to happen because I think that Hamilton would want too much for him based off the fact that he's just an unknown factor right now. Um, so, uh, we'll see. I, I, I think if it was going to happen, we would have seen it happen already. Because both, well, Saskatchewan just now needs him, but Montreal was looking and looking and looking, and they ended up signing a reject out, right? So, uh, Well, yeah. I mean, let, let, let's look at it in a different light, okay? We have seen, on average, five quarterbacks go down in a season for the last four years. Why yeah. did Edmonton never trade James Franklin? Because they needed Mark. a backup for Mike Riley in case Mike Riley got hurt. Yeah. Right? Nobody's going to trade their backup quarterback right now because you have no idea what's going to happen to your quarterback. You're going to look like a fool if you do that. Now, I mean, people are still picking on – Wally for trading Mike Riley to Edmonton uh, and yeah. then and, and Travis Lule getting hurt the next season. But he was going to be a free agent anyhow. You were going to lose him for nothing. So you had to do yeah. that. That's the same thing with James Franklin being traded to Toronto. Edmonton had no choice. They were going to lose him. Nope. Yep. So, you know, it's it, – why would anybody trade Johnny Manziel? And no, nobody, nobody in Hamilton is going to approve a trade. Not when the season's on. Not when the season's on the line. And you've got a quarterback. You need a backup. You're not going to give up your backup quarterback. It's not going to happen. It's ridiculous. And, 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 and you I, know. Go ahead, Will. The reason, the reason they want to trade Johnny Manziel is, I'm sorry, Jason or Jeremiah Mazzoli can have the best career of his life. And if he loses two games in a row, people will be screaming. And I mean screaming for Johnny Menziel. It's that simple. Okay, so they're not going to trade him. I guarantee you they're not going to trade him. No, not unless somebody in 
head office CFL says we need the ratings south of the border. We need this guy to be a starter. Uh, Saskatchewan's willing to give up something big for him. You better do it. You know, th- well, there has to be push come to shove in, in this. And I, I, we back room politics come to play. The only thing I, I, I would, the only thing I would like to see is I would love it if he got traded to Montreal because it might save Montreal a little bit this year. And I'm not saying it's because he's a good quarterback, but the spotlight would be there and he would be there and we get to finally see if he can actually save a franchise. Yeah, but no, that franchise isn't savable. I mean, you're, you're, you're guaranteeing him to failure. I mean, seriously, Johnny, unless, Johnny unless, Manzino, he, unless he's the second coming of Chris Strebler, you never know. It, yeah, but Chris Strebler at least has has a team around him. Mm-hmm. No, I, you want Johnny Manziel for all the, the the hype that we've got south of the border right now. You need him to succeed. You're better off with him holding a clipboard at, than failing. Okay, if you're going to put him in a starting position, you better set him up to to succeed. You can't set him up to fail. It, it, it doesn't do us any good. We 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 lose all of the goodwill we've just built up. And to be honest with you, I think Hamilton's his best place too, because that that style of offense plays to him, just like Mazzoli. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. He's not going anywhere. Here's one of the comments on the on this article. Right. It says. I can't even believe CFL.ca has stooped this low with clickbait articles. Just because they ask the question doesn't mean there's any validity in this as a rumor or a possibility. <coughs> Forget about it. Yeah. It, it pretty much sums it up, man. Yeah. I, I really, it, you, why would CFL.ca put out such a stupid article? Makes no sense. Makes no sense at all. Okay. Coming up to the last thing, last segment on our agenda here, and uh, we could run the distance with this or we're going to go find something else to talk about because we can. Saskatchewan coach Chris Jones says that he will continue to play Duran Carter as a defensive back until Nick Marshall, who is currently on the six-game injured list, returns to the lineup, would the Riders not be better off going with an actual defensive back there, allowing Carter to play on offense and put up some points and shut up his mouth? Um, So here's the problem with this, and there's many. This is only week three. This guy's on a six game. That means Deron Carter's going to be there for at least four weeks. Where's the logic? Seriously, tell me where the logic is in this because I don't see it. Why is he playing defense? He's no good at it. Wouldn't you just pick up some American kid down there, bring him up and let him play defensive back, something that he's played his entire life? 
tell tell me what where I'm wrong here, Chris. Well, I I'm not a fan. I don't like the man. I don't like how he plays football because of his mouth uh, and his antics. But I, I I hate to say it, but I don't think he was all that bad. Um, he took some cheap penalties on the goal line, and he got burnt once. But he also got an interception for a touchdown. Uh, there was a second one doing that. Um, I think that it's their best option at DB right now. Throwing in a pure rookie, even if he'd done that before, unless you can get somebody that's proven in the league, is a risk because we, 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 we see these rookies needing a year on the PR or as a backup to develop into our game. So unless you can go and sign a corner that is a proven corner, and I mean, I'm going to guess they don't have the money for that because they already had to cut a bunch of money. So I, I think he's he's probably, and it speaks to their depth issues, I think he's their best bet at D, and they have the ability to do it because they're not desperate for O. They have a ton of good receivers. Yes, he's an excellent receiver. Yes, that's what he does. But he wants to prove he's a DB and he's the world's greatest player. Great. Let him prove it. I don't really care about that aspect of it. But as a coach, Jones is taking, making the best of a, worse, a bad situation. He doesn't have the depth. Ron Carter can do it, and he doesn't do it that badly. I, I don't think he got lit up. I think he held his own against Spencer. He got deep once. Well, so did Tommy Campbell in the Great Cup. So it happens to the best of them. And he took some bad penalties on the goal line. Which cost Granted, him touchdowns. He's responsible for three defensive uh, three touchdowns against his own two. team. Two, isn't it? I thought it was the penalties in the – because the, the two penalties in a row just cost the one touchdown, and then he gave up the one to Spencer. But, but again, a rookie will cost you a game too, right? A rookie's going to cost you a game too. We all agree on that. I don't think anybody's ever argued that every rookie in your, in your lineup should cost you a game or fairly close. So he's going to get better at it. But, again, would he be better to play a DB there? Well, duh, but who, who is that? It's not on the team now. And, yeah, you could go find one. But you can't just go grab an American and throw him in because he'll, he'll stick out worse, trust me. And we've all seen it. There's always Every team's had these DBs that came in and washed out, flushed out. It's not like they didn't have talent, too, and they were DBs. So, and I, and I guess the biggest thing for me is they're not hurting at receiver. They've got quality receivers on the field. Yes, he's another one, but you can only play so many imports anyway. So... I just think it's a convenience thing right now, and it's the best of a bad situation for them. Um, would you obviously want to play him as a receiver? Of course you would, but they just—they're not hurting there, and they—they they would have problems getting all their international receivers on the field anyway. So why not? If he thinks he can do it and doesn't do it that bad of a job, throw him there. He'll only get better at it. You know, I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm not a huge Jones fan either, but it is what it is. I, I don't think it's the world's worst call. I don't think he's totally insane. I think his bad job is the fact that he has no depth. I think his bad job is, is that is that the team has no depth and he didn't have another option. And now he's playing the option that's the, the best solution he has presented to him. I, I honestly believe it is the best solution for them right now, unless they could sign a corner that we know has abilities. Not an unknown, not not a rookie, but somebody that's actually played corner and does a decent job of it. But are there any out there? 
I don't well, think is there, there is. Uh, hang on. Are you talking about the uh, corners out there that have experience or co- corners out there that are have experience and are good at it? Because if they're good at it, they'd be playing on a team. Right. So there isn't those options really, right? So well, I, there's, I, I, there's I, experienced corners out there. Who's kicking around right now? Still, I'm trying to oh, think. I can I'm ask to remember Mark. Who's... Mark, what what cornerback out? What 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 defensive back out there is it, with experience is there? Uh, I just had his name on the top of my uh, You should know this guy. Well, there's a few. Brandon Stewart, I believe, got you, released. You had a lot of fun with him. I uh, until the BC Lions Coachy. released him. Coachy, Coachy Yeah, Coachy Mo'Amba. Yeah. <laughs> There are experience. I'm pretty sure Brandon Stewart got released too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think he might that. be right. There's, there's uh, is he a cornerback or is he a halfback? Stewart's a cornerback. Pretty sure. Is he? Okay. Even if he's a halfback, he's been in the league like what, twelve years? I wouldn't yeah, think it's it would be too much. Too. Yeah, it wouldn't be too much of an adjustment. I mean, seriously, come on. These, these guys are, are probably – even Kochi is probably better at the position than Deron Carter. Well, Potentially. Mm, nah. Uh, I'd go yeah. with Deron Carter up between those two. Sorry. Seriously? Seriously. <laughs> I don't think he played that bad. I, I don't think he played that bad. I really don't. No. I, I, don't, I don't think he's as bad as ever. You know, I mean, he held his own against Spencer, and Spencer's a good player, and he'll only get better at it. I don't know. I don't like this. This one's really hesitant for me. I. How many times can we see it happen? My big thing with the whole thing, you know, is Jones not managing his roster properly. Yeah, and I agree with that. That's the biggest issue is he doesn't have the depth. He's pushed into this scenario because he doesn't have the depth. He's got nothing. There's no Canadians. You know, they've got starting Canadians, but their backups are don't. I went down the list one day, and I didn't know who any of them were other than maybe Cameron Judge. Coach well, Mawamba would be a much. starting Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got Hurl, uh, right? So, yeah. Yeah, could you really see Coach Mawamba beside Hurl? Really? Even Jones isn't that bad. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, it's possible. <laughs> makes, makes a lot more sense. You know, the thing about Duran is, and I'll be the first to admit that I was watching every single move he made the other night because I want him to fail. I'm sorry. I want him to fail. I really do. I And and Chris said this. I, I don't like him at all. Okay? And I, I don't I don't like him at all. And I just, I hope he falls flat on his face every single play. I'm looking forward to the game where he's facing... Tavarius Daniels and uh, Market Michelle and Kamar Jordan and uh, what's his face? Uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. The guy who came back after two years. I'm looking forward to that game so much. And I hope Bo lights him up. 
also if he's still playing defensive back. So. Okay. I don't know. We got to find something else to talk about because I'm done with Deron Carter. Well, well, hey, I've got a question. How do you think? How do you guys think that Toronto's going to fare with James Franklin? Since we we're just guessing Ricky Ray, because James Franklin is still unproven, and he didn't look that impressive against Calgary. I uh, Toronto didn't look very impressive in their first game with Ricky Ray. Okay. I mean, you so, do you do have to, you do have to give the team a break break once Franklin came in because they were probably pretty upset about Ricky Ray and they probably weren't into it anymore. So the next two weeks are going to tell a lot more about Toronto's season than the first two did. Uh, that's just an understatement, I think. But you know it. it Hamilton looks like Hamilton looks strong in the East right now, a lot stronger than we anticipated them to be. Ottawa, I don't think we're giving enough respect to. Is Toronto going to drop the third place in the East? They can't drop the fourth. It's impossible. No, I, I think so. I, I think that as as stated with Saskatchewan, I think Toronto's goal now has got to be a 500 team. If they do that, they've accomplished something because. First off, that's not a bad record in the East. But second off, you got an unproven quarterback, and he might be great, but he's not going to be great off the bat. They never are. And Strangler. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, but he's going to come back to Earth too. Let's let's face who he's played and look. You know, like I mean, the kid the kid's good, but the people will figure it out. I mean, lots of that right now is to do with how much he runs, and he's very good at it. He's a very strong, stout quarterback, and he and he's got wheels. And, and, I mean, the kid reads defenses. I mean, he's got skills, but, but I mean, they're going to start to get film and, like, he, and there's no way he's going to continue to move forward at that level. He he might. He might prove me wrong, but I, I think we're going to see, a, you know, a little bit of a pullback. I mean, uh, you can't play Montreal every week, <laughs> right? Like, um, you know, no, you had a good Hamilton game this Edmonton. week. Yeah, and I, I think that'll be the the callback to reality because I mean, we all just thought that he played really good against Edmonton, but I think Hamilton exposed Edmonton too, right? I, I how how poor did Edmonton actually play in that game and still win just because of Mike Riley? Like we don't know because we just thought maybe that Winnipeg, you know, like it, it, it's, it, it takes so long for these stories to develop and understand. But uh, I, I yeah, I, I mean, I think that that with Franklin there, I think they've got to be thinking that a 500 seasons a win, um, and and I, I I don't think they were that impressive before before that. So he doesn't have a lot to work with, and we'll see. I, I think he'll be a kid that's going to be a young, an up and coming quarterback, but I don't think he's going to be a superstar right off the bat. I just don't, I just don't see it. Not with what he's got to work with, and not. And it just doesn't happen that often, right? It's a rarity to see that happen. Seeing a couple of really good first games, you know, I could drop lots of names like that, right? Cato looked like a superstar till about the third game in, right? Like, I mean, it just kind of happens that way. <laughs> it's all about people get other teams getting film on you, right? 
Yeah, and getting a feel for how you play and what your strengths and weaknesses are. And trust me, Chris has got strengths, but he's going to have weaknesses too. But you know just, what? Would we would we have ever heard about Tom Brady if Drew Bledsoe hadn't got hurt? Hundred percent. You know these I mean? guys got to come up and de- yeah, no, these guys got to come up and develop. But you're not expecting them to be a superstar in the first year, no, right? Like, no, of course not. But it but, does but, happen occasionally. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, I think these guys are quality quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong. I think Franklin's going to be someone we're watching for many years to come, and hopefully Shreveler is too, because I think he's got lots of tangible skills for our game. It's just that this season is going to be not as smooth as it might start off the, the beginning, <laughs> as people get True to that. know them and they have to they have to learn uh, new things, new dimensions to their game. Right? You have to bring new things to the table. Athletes are athletes, and they'll always perform. Um, but there becomes that chess match component of a, of a of football that's very uh, unlike other sports, where you can be neutralized by good coaching or good planning or good film watch watching. You know, oh, sure. Yeah, and I think that's what we'll see happen a bit, right? So, yeah. if we're going to talk about where Toronto's going to end up, which all of us basically believe that they're not going to fare that as well this season as what they would have or could have. With Ricky. Uh, right. Do we agree there? Yep. I agree. Yep. I think that's Mark. Well, Mark, you haven't said anything on this subject yet. Yeah, no, I agree. Will, do you have anything to add? Well, yeah, but the East is the East is the East is the East. You know what I mean? It, I, I do, I, mean, I right, do. Right now, right now, right now, Hamilton and Ottawa look like the pave, okay? But, I mean, anything can happen. If Trevor Harris goes down, Dominic Davis is the backup, okay? He hasn't showed much. I mean, it's a long season. We're only in game number three. But as it stands right now, I would say Toronto's going to end up third. Okay. What about Saskatchewan? I mean, they're, they're, they were looking really like a powerhouse in the beginning of the season. They, they, they looked like they were going to go the distance. People were betting that they were going to do it all. Well, not all, but they were going to be on the top of the division. What happened? And they lost their quarterback, their, their, their dream, their quarterback, Zach Caleros, mm-hmm. who we didn't mm-hmm. even know whether or not he was going to perform at a high level. And they had no backup. They had no plan B to a quarterback who hasn't finished a season in three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, well, and for I, that, I, I don't know where they're going to end up. But you know what? Here, here's things, and I don't like to, I don't like to pump Mark's tires at all. But say Chris Strebler plays four or five games, and he does well, and then. It's time for Matt Nichols to come back, and they put him in the lineup, and Matt Nichols performs the way Matt Nichols can perform. Winnipeg is, a, is going to be a scary team with two quarterbacks. Very scary team because Chris Strebler is a whole – he's a whole different dimension than, than Matt Nichols is. So it's, it's – 
I still think it's a toss-up. Of course, Calgary's going to go 18 and 0, but other than that, I think everything's a toss-up. I I could see Saskatchewan going to the bottom of the West, though. I really could. Yeah, I could too. Yeah, I, I mean the Western Division is a tough, tough division. You can't just walk in there, waltz in there with a, a, a wannabe backup quarterback and expect to do well. Because what do you call Brandon Bridge but a wannabe backup? Till he proves he's, different, yeah. Or if he can prove different, he's not a starter. Well, he hasn't been. Yeah, no, he hasn't been. You know, in, in my mind, right now, out of all the guys that are starting, the only guy who's really stepped up as far as I'm concerned, other than Chris Trevler, but he's a rookie, so you can't count him because he's a rookie, so he's dumb, okay? He probably believes he can win all the time. Anyways, but but you got to look at a guy like Jeremiah Mazzoli, okay? Everybody was thinking if Hamilton loses two games, they're going to start Johnny Manziel. Well, Jason Mazzoli, Jeremiah Mazzoli closed that door last week, right? And let's see if he keeps on going, so... It's it's going to be an interesting year. Yeah, it is without except, question. Except Calgary, who's going eighteen and zero. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know what I, they say. I, you, know, I, you, know, you know what they say, Chris. If you say things enough times, it might happen. Okay. True enough. Positive, positive thinking. I think is what they call it. Positive reinforcement uh, thinking, or whatever. I'm still interested to see what BC does. Like, I mean, we they had the buy, right? So, yep. I they you know, and Edmonton has not impressed, and I'm a fan, <laughs> and I'm worried, right? Other than Mike Riley is Mike Riley, but. But, you know, their D's got huge question marks for me, and I'm worried about that. And, uh, you know, Jennings has only played the one game, looked good, but can he keep it up? Or is he back? Uh, you know, what? What? so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting year because I don't think anything's written in stone other than Montreal being last <laughs> and, well, no, and, and now and maybe Toronto being close. Christopher was right about BC. I have no expectations about BC. I have no idea where they're going to finish or where they're going to end, okay? Because it's an unknown. Yeah. So the next be, next three weeks are going to tell everything, okay? BC's playing in Edmonton, and they have back-to-back against the Bombers. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. That'll be big, yeah. That'll that's tell gonna a be, lot. That's going to tell a lot of both teams. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, yeah, we're under 90 seconds. The West we've got 90 seconds left in this game in the the show so we just going to have to pay attention to what we're doing here. But yeah, no that's that's a big thing for BC. The next 3 3 weeks is going to be a tall tale for everything. So, I mean, if they come 2 out of 3, it's going to be a good season for the Lions. They can go 3 3 3 out of 3, that would be awesome. Don't don't think it's going to happen though. Uh, anyhow, this yeah. has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 258. I've been your host Christopher Jones. We it's been our pleasure to speak football with you guys. Uh, no doubt. We love it. Gl- hope you do. Anyhow, we got a good shout out from Shane down in uh, Perth, Australia on the last show. Uh, doing it again, buddy. Wrapping it up. Mark, say good night. We got less than 30 seconds. Good night, everybody. Talk to you on Sunday. Chris. Good night, everybody. Enjoy some, uh, what I think is going to be some very entertaining football this weekend. William. 
night, everybody. Go Owls. Go Owls, yeah. <laughs> uh, Charles, we missed you tonight, buddy. Hope you're back for us uh, with us on Sunday, and enjoy the games this weekend, everybody. Take care. Love you all.